All right, welcome back to this episode of Autism in 15 Minutes. And I'm Victor, and you are... Shirley. Thank you. And last time we talked a little bit about all the things that that can go through your mind or, or happen before you get a diagnosis. Yes. And this time, I think what we want to talk about is, so you got the diagnosis, now what? Absolutely. Okay. So I have questions for you. Go ahead. Can you can you cure autism? No. You cannot cure autism, although it's a wonderful thought. Well, is it though? Curable? Well, I mean I no. wish. <laughs> no, I mean I mean our our child has gone through different phases in her life, right? And she yes. said she said to us one time that she wanted us to take the autism away. Absolutely. But other times she said that it's a part of who she is and and it's it's well, she is, yeah. Just recently, as she gets older and now she's a teen, I was doing something and I was I was telling her, I, I don't even remember what it was, but I was telling her something about, you know, because you have autism, you maybe, you know, haven't looked or, or didn't see something um, or, or weren't, really wasn't under, uh, sure what it was. And she said, you just want me to be typical, but I am not. Uh, I have autism that makes me who I am. And I think that's the moment that I realized that I have to let her experience the world the way she wants to or the way she sees it. Um, but it means that she also came to terms with that. Yeah, because a couple of years before, she asked us to take it out. Yeah. Um, so, so you, you know, let's let's talk a minute about these the, the, the people that pitch cures, right? There's... Yes, but but before we oh, do that, I just wanna I just wanna say that when you do get a diagnosis, when you finally sit, you know, across the doctor, a psychologist, a neurologist, whoever diagnosed your child, you have to take um, a few days, I think, to to process this thing. Yeah. Um, because for most people who who don't have a clue or or in denial, and and they finally get this diagnosis, it's it, the world can come to an end. And uh, okay, I, I want to talk about I, what the diagnosis is for a moment. Okay. Okay. So, when when we got a diagnosis, yes, it was not just a, a one appointment. You walk in and they look at your kid and go, "Yep, that's it." Bye. <laughs> yes. No. Thank it's you. a process. It takes no. a few times. So, yeah. so you you the way that we it happened for us was we went in for a series of appointments. The first point was you and I yes. talking with the doctor yes, and just talking about our kid and what we see and some of the things we observe. Yes. And then the next appointment was just for, was her. Just for her. Yeah. And just so that the doctor could make observations. Yes. And this, these, these were things like, um, trying to engage in in play and trying to engage in age-appropriate things and attention and stuff like this. Yes. And then the third... Yeah, was was when he told us. Was it the third or the fourth visit when he no, told no, us? No, well, no, I think it was the third when he said to us. And of course, you have to remember that she was only two, so I'm, I'm assuming if other parents, you know, do it in different stages or different ages, it's probably going to be... Right, a, but this, a little but, different, yeah. But absolutely, but there was takes, a, a real procedure to this because oh, it was about making sure that it was a rigorous yes, and scientific. Yes, yes, it was. It was, um, and when when he, when he sat diagnosis. with her, it was a few good hours. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, 
and then later we revisit again in, uh, in in Vanderbilt. Yes, when they when she was five, we, we took part yeah. in a study, and yes. when she was five, and yes. as a part of the study, they evaluated and, and made yes, sure absolutely. that she fit All the criteria for the study, yes. and that she had autism. Yes. So the, um, the there's some real importance to getting a real professional diagnosis. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So once you and and even though it takes place over a few weeks, you don't really process it during those few weeks. You only start to process it once you actually get the the final answer at the last meeting. Absolutely, and that's what I'm saying. That uh, for for myself, um, I, I was actually relieved when we got the diagnosis because uh, what people don't know and they can read about it in the blog is that I suspected she had autism when she was one and we only got the diagnosis when she was two and eight months. And this journey that I went almost by myself, um, I, I was relieved. But most people, from what I know, are devastated. Yeah, me over here. <laughs> and so uh, I'm, you've got to pull yourself together within a few days because the fastest you start working with your child, the fastest I think you are going to give them as typical life as possible. Okay. So that leads us back to what we were starting to talk about, which is, you know, what kinds of therapies and things should you do. Okay. So I, I want to directly address the 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 therapies. The unscientific therapies. Yes. Or the less scientific therapies, or, yes. or if if you know, I'm just going to say it, quackery. Well, maybe we should start with. No, I'm going to start with those. Okay, okay, so absolutely, because um, because it's it's you know here's the thing, right? When you get a diagnosis, the first thing you do is go to Google. Absolutely, I know. And what do you find on Google? <laughs> Anything and everything, no matter how right or wrong. Right? Absolutely, you, you and find and the world. Yes. And the world is is full of everything from hard science to fruitcake. And uh, and in our case, um, I wanted to do everything. I was on this mission. I didn't see left or right. I saw victory ahead of me, and I was rushing there, and you were... Um, very right to stop me many, many times, <laughs> although I think... Oh, the biggest arguments so and fights we had. Me? Yes, absolutely. But looking back, thank God you you saved us from from horrible, horrible things. Well, so I mean, there there are all kinds of treatments, right? There are people who who say that if you do chelation on your child, that you will cure them of the autism. Chelation is a, a therapy that takes uh, is used to take mercury poisoning out of the body. Autism is not heavy metals poisoning. Don't do this to your child. It will hurt them. Yeah. Um, you know, putting your your child on a a wacko diet, right? You you can you can do things that do make sense and do have some bearing. There is a, a gut brain connection. There is a gut flora connection. You need to have healthy gut flora. Fine, but you know. If if you starve your child, you haven't helped your child. No, you've you've <laughs> uh, not. And and we've seen sickly kids where the parents picked up some nutball diets yes. and and yes. were really making their children some very very malnourished. Sick. Yes, and very sick. And um, and it did not help them one bit. I mean, they they did from from developmental point, they didn't. Um, they haven't changed. A bit in yeah. the course of the few years that we have known them. Right. So my my position was always 
we can do things that have no basis in science as long as they have no harm, as long as they have no potential for harm, and as long as we do things that are science-based as well. Absolutely. And and even if you do those therapies, sometimes you fall on people who are um, not child-friendly or or are very simply uh, mean people. We did a biofeedback thing. Yes, and the guy that the the that was administering the biofeedback that he and he had a doctor and he was a doctor, and um, you know there were times when when our child was not doing what he wanted her to do, and so he grabbed her arm and grabbed hard. Yes, and that was our cue. You know, as as a parent, you you think, oh, I would have slapped him away, or oh, I would have punched him in the mouth, you know, I would have done something. And sometimes you're just shocked and caught in the moment and you can't react immediately. It's really hard. And that's what brings me to, to another thing that I, I'm a big believer of it. And, and you don't have to, to do exactly what I have done. But at least, I've, I mean, we have done therapies. And when I say therapies, I mean uh, speech therapy and OT and music therapy for, I want to say, 10 years, even a little more than that. And you and I have sat in every session of every therapy. Now, most people, most parents that I know do not do that. They have the tendency to come, drop the kid, and come back and pick the, the kid. And now, I cannot tell you what to do uh, when you go to therapy or what to do with your time, but I can tell you that. At least when a therapist for a, for is a new, of sessions, yes, yeah. you have got to sit there and see the chemistry between your child and the therapist because you really never, never know what happens the minute you stepped out of the room? And there's supposed to, there has to be a humongous amount of trust between a parent and a therapist for the parent to leave a child with a therapist for as long as the therapy usually it goes from I, I want to say 45 minutes to an hour and go you know run errands or, or pick other kids or whatever you need to do. I cannot tell you what to do or not to do, but I can. Okay, have you fired a therapist? Many, many times, and that's another thing. If if the chemistry doesn't work between you, the therapist, and the child, don't be afraid to say, "I'm sorry, this is not happening. This is this. We have to find somebody else." And especially if you engage yourself in therapy where the therapist comes to your house, and we've done that. We've done that with speech therapists at the beginning. We went through many speech therapists until we found the one that we really love. It stayed with her for ten years. Um, if it's not working, if you don't like the therapist, if your child is not comfortable with the therapist, the whole idea is to make the child happy, to to make the child, well, to give you, them you the possibility an to... That, that learning can take place in, and if that envi- if the, you're all too uncomfortable... Oh, absolutely. And, ...and it's not working, you're grading against each other, then learning isn't going to take place because you can't get past that. Absolutely. And there's also sometimes, um, you know, we've done OT... Uh, in a place that uh, thought that she um, graduated, that there's nothing else to do with her, where I felt that, oh my gosh, there's so much more to do. And so I shopped around until I found uh, a place that I thought can offer her more, or I was looking for a therapy that one place didn't offer me and, and another place did offer me. And so you all t- you have to keep looking. And oh. even if you are happy in a place... Um, you need to see progress. If you don't see any progress, then you might want to rethink. Um, yeah. You need to talk, have a discussion, a hard discussion about with the therapist where that and progress then, comes and, from and, and, and how yourself, it's going to get absolutely. there and what's being accomplished. Yes, it's very, it's, it's not like 
you know, we've also met parents like this over the years that, you know, took the kids to the preschool or took the kids to a therapy and said, fix the kid. It's not going to happen. Yeah. No one's going to fix no your kid. There's no easy fix. <laughs> no. And, and this, is some, this is a long journey and it's a long process and you need to know uh, that you are going to have the right people for you. For example, ABA, we've, we really wanted to do that and we have interviewed uh, the few people who have done um, ABA in our area, and we, every one of them scared us. Uh, none of them really seemed to be um, all together. And after thinking about it really, really hard, we decided not to go with this therapy because we felt that not only our child is not going to gain anything, she might get hurt. So it, it, it was very sad to us to skip something that... Um, that plenty of people have had good results with. Absolutely. It, we just, we couldn't find in our area the right pers person to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and ABA is not something that you have to do when the child is very little. I mean, if you find somebody later in life and you feel that maybe they can help you when they are somebody that you really like, uh, then go ahead and do it. But at the time for us, unfortunately, uh, we decided not to do it because we didn't want to put her in harm. So it's really, really important to um, find your sources, get to know them, go interview, take an hour. We have done that. We've done it even with new pediatricians. Go meet the people, ask the questions that you want to ask. Right. So let's talk about, let's just name some therapies that are more mainstream, more accepted, and more scientifically yes. proven. Yes. More rigorous. Absolutely. So there's, there's of course... Speech therapy. Yes, if your child, uh, I mean, there are kids on the spectrum who speak, absolutely. But if there is any problem, speech therapy would probably be the first thing. Um, I mean, our kid had words when she was a baby and then she lost them. And we, speech therapy was the first thing that we needed to do. Right, okay. Occupational therapy or OT. Yes. <laughs> I'm laughing because I... Um, there are wonderful things in OT that helped us and wonderful things in OT that did not help us or I felt, especially when she was older, then the therapist was just, um, you know, having fun time with her, but uh, they weren't really planning on what to do. And, and there was a time, I think, around when she was, um, what I want to say, 11, that we stopped completely with OT and moved into sports, which for us, you know, worked much better. The Greenspan floor time stuff. Yes, that we unfortunately we never took missed, advantage of. missed on that. We found out it's, that much later. Well, yeah. so it's generally geared for younger children. Yes. Although they do have materials for older children. One of the things that bothered me a lot about the Greenspan floor time thing is that it's very difficult to find out any information about it. Yes. Because they charge for all of the materials. And so you you have to basically license the materials and then find a practitioner and, and pay lots of money without really knowing what you're getting into. And that, that put me off. Yes. And the, the thing that I have in favor of it is that we, uh, you know, from time to time, you'll see these, these news pieces run where it says, so-and-so has developed a way or is doing a practice where they, if, if they have early enough intervention that children with autism can pretty much act like typical children and behave and think and work like typical children do, provided you get this early enough. 
And so we contacted those people. There was one in, tele in, in Israel, and we contacted them and said, what should we do? And they said, well, first of all, your child's too old now. And second of all, if you want to do something, what we're doing is basically a modified version of Greenspan floor time. Yeah, and then we couldn't. Right. And then the same thing happened again. There was an article in Wired where uh, it said researchers using machine learning to screen children for autism uh, so that they can identify it earlier. And in the article they wrote, starting treatment for autism spectrum disorders, or ASD, at an age of 18 to 24 months can increase a child's IQ by up to 17 points, in some cases moving them into the quote-unquote average child IQ range of 90 to 110 or above it. And so I <laughs> took that article figured out who it was that they were quoting and talking to, and wrote them and said, what are these treatments? As a parent, it's impossible to get good advice on what the appropriate treatments are. What are the ones with the best results? You know, and, and how do you figure that out? And so I, I got a letter back from Geraldine Dawson, who's a PhD at Duke. And she said that the article was referencing work on intensive earlier behavioral intervention and that some studies have shown significant IQ gain after two years of intervention for some children. And there's no reason to believe that children can't continue to make gains throughout life. Current brain science suggests that the brain is plastic throughout the lifespan, which means no one just stops learning. It also means the idea that, that you know, you can only learn a foreign language when you're a kid is false. You can learn a foreign language at any time because we're constantly able to learn. So her past work was in the early start uh, Denver model for child development. And those materials are available. It's possible to just go to Amazon and buy those materials. And so there are things that you can do. There are things to do. It's just really hard to know what those are. And that's why we just did this segment. <laughs> yes. And uh, music therapy, for example, it's one therapy that we have done for many years and absolutely loved it. And... Um, so the benefits out of music therapy, because music therapy was conducted in a group setting. Yes. Music therapy teaches you a little bit about rhythm, a little bit about coordination, because you have to have coordination to, to touch the and, instrument And there's with also rhythm. the social aspect. But there's, yeah, there's social interaction, turn-taking, paying attention to what other people are doing, listening for cues. There's there's something to that. And it's it's not nearly as scientific in the same way as some of these other things. Yes. But social interaction is a huge thing that's unspoken about. Absolutely. We, we all learn it through social interaction. We all learn it through the way that we interact with others. And for people that don't necessarily pick up on those cues mm -hmm. or don't understand the unwritten rules that people just learn by virtue of living, but need those rules expressed, um, this is one way of beginning to sort of understand those in a, in a controlled setting. And I want to, before we finish, I, I, I would like to, to talk just a, a minute or two about how you find all those resources. Uh, you and I have done everything by ourselves. We weren't a part of an autism society. Um, we, we have tried a number of times with limited results. Yes. <clears throat> and so I just want to say that I think the best thing to do is uh, either put yourself on, an, on an, the autism society of your area, on a parent group because um, that's one way to ask a question and get answers. Uh, obviously, the, the more active your society is, you might have more better results. But really, if, if there's anything that we have learned is in this journey is not to be afraid. Yeah. You go to a place, you have chemistry, wonderful. You don't, you leave. You don't even think of giving them a chance because they are closer to my house, they're closer to my work. 
No. And one, and even when you start a therapy, if you feel that the therapist is not what you expected or your child is not happy, your child doesn't want to go to therapy, that's, that should light a red, uh, a red light. Uh, yeah. And so... So uh, my, my parting comment is that a good frame of mind is to stay equal parts hopeful and skeptical. You know, there's, there's plenty of hope. There's plenty of stuff that you can do. At the same time, be skeptical so that you don't get sucked into any of these these false promise therapies and things. That um, you know, look for qualifications. Is the is the person pushing whatever crazy whack ball therapy a doctor? Are they a doctor, a medical doctor, or are they a neurologist, or are they a doctor of political science? Because there are plenty of people who who claim expertise with nothing to back it up and. You're, you you aren't experimenting on your child. You're trying to help your child. You need to be very skeptical. Yeah, and and please don't forget that, you know, you might not be able to cure autism, but you can absolutely live in peace with autism, and um, you can. Yeah, your child. You you don't need a cure. Your kid can flourish. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, if you work with your child and. Um, work with find the team that works for you there is no reason why your child shouldn't have a wonderful life just like anybody else all right well that's that's a good time to stop here and we'll pick this up next week with more absolutely check us out on autismwho.com a-u-t-i-s-m-w-h-o.com 